Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome down here, up there, all around the world to The Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. Folks, I'm going to give it to you straight. I'm going to shoot you straight. Uh, Things are looking a little rough right now. The climate is on fire. Democracy is hanging on by a pube. And just when we thought we couldn't take another punch to the national gut, we've learned that Klondike's Choco Taco has been discontinued after almost 40 years. No, not the Choco Taco. It was the only dessert with as much real beef as Taco Bell. (laughs) And may I point out... Yeah. And may I point out, we learned this shocking news on a Taco Tuesday. (laughs) That's just salted caramel in the wound. (laughs) According to People Magazine, the magazine written specifically for people, The Choco Taco was discontinued due to an unprecedented spike in demand for different Klondike products over the past two years. Other Klondike products. Well, I guess the answer to what would you do for a Klondike bar is ruined childhood. (laughs) And, okay, in 2022, I guess we shouldn't be appropriating other cultures' dessert wraps, but at least replace it with an American form of ice cream. Might I recommend Stephen Colbert's Americone Dream... Right there. Right there. Pop it. Bang. Mm-mm-mm. Vanilla ice cream, fudge-covered waffle bits, and a caramel swirl. It's, it's basically like if a Choco Taco got into a terrible car accident. <laughs> But losing the Choco Taco is still Choco. (laughs) And my colleagues at Cable News are all over it. MSNBC's Alex Wagner, how does the end of the Choco Taco make you feel? There is hunger. There sure is. John King. (laughs) John King from CNN. Was the discontinuation of the Choco Taco a dereliction of loyalty, a, a dereliction of patriotism? Is it breaking the law? It was a dereliction of loyalty. It was a dereliction of patriotism. Is it a, is it breaking the law? I'll leave that to the lawyers. Admirable caution, John. And finally, Ari Melber put the loss of this folded frozen confection into historical context for us. Worse than Watergate? Easy call. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Ari. Unlike the Choco Taco, some things just won't go away, like former president Dingus Ex Machina. (laughs) 
This afternoon, the old gray lady dropped a bombshell about the old orange president and his plan to steal the 2020 election by appointing slates of fake electors that Mike Pence would then count and take the election away from Joe Biden. Now, everybody's been calling them fake electors because they were fake. And that's a crime to have fake electors. But surely the people who crimed the crime wouldn't call them that, right? Because that's proof that they knew their crime was a crime while they crimed it. Well, <laughs> the Times got their hands on actual emails from these plotters while they were plotting, and they repeatedly used the word fake to refer to the so-called electors. Well, that's just straight up saying it. You're plotting the biggest crime in American history. You might want to use some code words. <laughs> Let's just say Big Vinny sleeps chopped up in tiny pieces at the bottom of a lake because I dumped his body out of a boat and he's not sleeping, he's dead, and I freaking killed him. <laughs> the author of, that, of that, that email is Arizona lawyer and man who hasn't seen his new haircut yet. <laughs> Jack Walenchik. Walenchik helped organize the election scam in Arizona and described the plan this way. We would just be sending fake electoral votes to Pence so that someone in Congress can make an objection when they start counting votes and start arguing that the fake votes should be counted. Does he know that adding quotes doesn't make a crime not illegal? You can't just tell a cop, officer, I'm innocent. I was doing donuts in a hospital lobby while chugging a 40 of fireball. <laughs> I'll be going now. <laughs> After repeatedly calling them fake, in a follow-up email, Walenchik wrote that alternative votes is probably a better term than fake votes, adding a smiley face emoji. <laughs> he realized he incriminated himself in an email, then he admitted it in the next email. <laughs> Shrug emoji, poop emoji, four brain emoji. <laughs> Another of the plotters. <laughs> All words to that effect. All words. Now, another of the plotters repeatedly referred to Cleta Mitchell, a lawyer helping the former president, as Clita and Clavita. <laughs> That's a surprise. Most Republican men can't find the Clavita. This afternoon, for the first time since he left the White House in disgrace, the former president returned to Washington to deliver a speech on crime. Wow. <laughs> that takes a big swing and a pair to return to the scene of your attempt to overthrow the government, then give a speech about crime prevention. That's like <laughs> Buffalo Bill coming back to announce an endorsement with a vino. <laughs> it puts the vino on its skin or it gets the dryness again. <laughs> I'd moisturize me. <laughs> That's a disturbing image. That is, you're all welcome. You're all welcome for that image in your head. <laughs> former president isn't the only 2024 hopeful who gave a speech in D.C. today. So did his former VP, Mike Pence. Here's the Veep's big entrance at the Youth America Foundation.
talk about razzle-dazzle, rock and roll, neon. The speech was electric until he gave it. Our lives have changed a lot since the last time we were together. We moved back to Indiana. We bought five acres in a pond. I got a riding mower. John Deere. Zero turn radius, 54-inch deck, 25 horsepower. Don't make us think about grass growing, Mike. It's more exciting than you are. <laughs> Pence talked about what his life looks like these days, insisting he's a regular guy. Karen and I uh, can confirm now, with personal experience, you can be the governor of your home state for four. You can even be vice president of the United States of America. But you're still going to wait 25 minutes for a table at Olive Garden on Saturday night at 7 o'clock. <laughs> Olive Garden at 7 p.m. That's a pretty hot Saturday night. What? Another breadstick? No, thank you. I'm driving. <laughs> One Republican who won't be supporting Pence is Florida Congressman Matt Gates. <laughs> seen here cheering at the wrong part of the sexual harassment seminar. <laughs> Gates has been accused of trafficking an underage woman for sex, but it hasn't affected his speaking schedule. Over the weekend, he appeared at the ultra-conservative group Turning Point USA's annual Student Action Summit. Gates will attend anything with the word student and action in the title. <laughs> and during his speech... Okay. Sure. Not sure what we're applauding, but I'm in. <laughs> during his speech, Gates said this about Pence. Let me just say what everybody here knows. Mike Pence will never be president. <laughs> nice guy, not a leader. Oh, snap. Mike Pence just got schooled by a guy who's not allowed within 50 feet of one. <laughs> and happier news than Matt Gates, monkeypox. <laughs> I'll catch you up on the latest in my I really wish this wasn't a recurring segment. Five little monkeypox jumping on the bed. Mama called the doctor and the doctor said... No more monkeypox running on the bed! <laughs> monkeypox first appeared in the U.S. back in May. And unlike with COVID, we really should have been ready because there's a pre-existing vaccine. In fact, the United States owns well over a million doses. But by June, New York City had only 1,000 doses available. That's nothing. 1,000 New Yorkers is the wait list for brunch. <laughs> We're really behind on this public health crisis, but... In the first weeks after monkeypox arrived in the U.S., the government requested only 72,000 doses, taking what's now being called a wait-and-see attitude, not the urgency you're looking for in an emergency. You don't want to hear a lifeguard say, looks like you might be drowning, but let's wait and see. <laughs> what's that? Well, a very glug-glug to you, too. <laughs> so, where's all the vaccine that we already own? It's currently in Denmark, but we haven't shipped it over here because officials said the storage facilities in America aren't as cold as the Denmark facility. <laughs> but you know what is as cold? The Ed Sullivan Theater. <laughs> Send those vaccines to me and I'll stick them behind the desk. We got a great show for you tonight. Coming up, Charlemagne the God. 
Late Show Pod Show listeners can get 20% off on all Late Show with Stephen Colbert merchandise on ParamountShop.com. That's 20% off at checkout on all Late Show shirts, mugs, accessories, and more with code TLS20 at ParamountShop.com. show folks my first guest Sassoir is a co-host of the radio show The Breakfast Club his late night television show returns this Thursday with a new name Hell of a Week with Charlemagne the God please welcome back to The Late Show Charlemagne the God I see you I'm doing well. That's, that's my question to you. The okay. thing I like about you is that you care about people's feelings. You care about mm-hmm. people. And when you ask them that question, I know that you mean it. So let me start with that. How are you, Charlemagne? How am I? I'm doing better than the Choco Taco. Yeah. God You're still is, here. That's right. God has not discontinued me yet. I am here. Yes. When were you born? Uh, I was born in 1978. 78. Oh, you're even a few years older than the Choco Taco. Yeah. Yeah. He's 40. Yeah. yeah, wow. You look better, though. Wow, I made it, you look better. I made it farther than the Choco Taco. Wow. Yeah. 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 That's, that's an accomplishment That right is an there. accomplishment. <laughs> perspective, now, perspective. You, uh, how are you staying optimistic and dealing with your anxiety these days? Because I know that you're very open about your, your, your issues with anxiety, which I, I have as well. Yeah. What are you doing to, to function these days? I mean, the same things, you know, therapy, breathing exercises, you know, meditation, edibles, um, and... <laughs> And uh-huh. I think that, you know, pessimism has never won any battles. So those moments when you feel like, you know, chicken little and the sky is falling, you, like your therapist says, you just got to feel your feels, you know? And the sky is falling. Let's be clear on it. <laughs> Doesn't help to deny it. It does not help to deny it. That's mm-hmm. the problem. It feels like, you know, sometimes you'll go crazy because you watch the news and, you know, you, you feel like people aren't speaking to the, uh, the, the, the sense of urgency that I feel is at hand. They're not speaking to the urgency of the matter. Do Now, have you... Are you been following the January 6th hearings? Yes. Because there's a sense of urgency there. I'm very... When I watched it, I... My first feeling, the first time, the very first saw one, the first primetime one they had uh, a couple months ago, gratitude is what I had, is that there are some people up there who are actually looking at the world with a sense of, sense of urgency and doing their job. What do you... What do you... What do you make of them so far? Uh, you know... I'm, I'm skeptical. You know, I hope that the right thing gets done, but I think that, you know, the media has to stop saying things while asking questions like, you know, should Donald Trump be prosecuted for his role in the, uh, the, the uh, uh, insurrection? Like, it's like, no, make a statement. Donald Trump should be prosecuted for his role in the insurrection. Right. You know? Because, um... I feel like if they don't prosecute him, then, you know, it gives him the opportunity to say, see, another witch hunt. You know, it gives him the opportunity to see, see, they, they keep digging for things, but things aren't there. So if they're, if they can actually charge him and prosecute him, which it looks like they have the evidence to do, do it. Simple as that. Remember last time I was here? I think it was the last time I was here. I said that was one of the four things that needed to be done uh, to pr- protect democracy. You have to prosecute everybody involved in the attempted coup of this country on January 6th. And yeah, there aren't consequences for that. What are there consequences for? That's right. Why do we have this system of government? That's right. But you certainly don't let the Democrats off the hook, and I'm, I'm curious what you, what you mean when you say that the Democrats have to be held accountable in this moment. Because, you know, uh, Democrats are in power right now, you know, for the most part. They have the White House, you know, they, 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 they have the House, they... 
they, they don't technically have the Senate, but it could be a 50-50 for something like getting rid of the filibuster, right? Like, they could vote to actually get rid of the filibuster, then they could properly legislate. If they could get everybody on board, the Joe Manchins, Kristen Sinemas, whatever other dinos they have in the party, but if they could get those people... <laughs> That's Democrats in name only, by the way. If, if they, I didn't mean that, like, old, even though they are old and prehistoric, but not that kind of dino. But if they could get everybody in line, they could vote to get rid of the filibuster, then they could probably... But how do you do that? How do you get, like, if Joe Manchin or Kristen Sinema feel like it doesn't butter their bagel to vote in the way the Democrats they want you because might, they're worried about their voters at home? You might have to pull a page out of the guy's name who you don't like to say on this show's book and just shame people. Well, he shamed them by threatening them by saying, we'll, we'll vote you out. So are you willing to lose a couple of senators to eventually... You don't have them now. It's like everybody always says, oh, Joe Manchin, what if he goes to the Republican Party? You don't have them now. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have them now. So I feel like, you know, uh, you, know you, you, get, you, you vote to get rid of the filibuster, then you expand the Supreme Court so you can protect our rights, then you can pass the John Lewis Voting Rights Act yep. and the Freedom to Vote Act. Because to me, man, the only thing on the ballot come, uh, you know, the midterms and in 2024 is democracy. I don't know if y'all realize, we're in the end game now. Like, mm-hmm. we're, we're literally in the endgame now. Thanos is snapped. We just got to figure out a way to go get our own Infinity Stones and bring people back <laughs> at this point. Um, okay, so people are saying, many people out there are saying that uh, President Biden shouldn't run again. And I know you were a Bernie fan, weren't you? Um, not who who did you like? I like Bernie. Bernie's cool. Okay. I didn't really like, like nobody. I, don't, I didn't really like nobody. It, you know, mm-hmm. I think we, we all just did the best we could Right? I'm a big fan of the four agreements. The last uh, agreement in the four agreements is always do your best. We all just did our best. We did our civic duty, and we went out there and we voted for the person that we thought, you know, could protect our rights. Doesn't look like those rights are being protected all the way right now. Well, that's why I don't like when people, you know, people always say, just vote, just vote, just vote. I absolutely believe in voting. I'm going to always vote. But let's keep in mind, we voted for the people we thought that were going to protect us from you know, the bad guys. And it looks like right now the bad guys are winning. And if you're letting the bad guys win, to me, you're complicit. You know? You're guilty by association. Do you really think that they're doing all they can? No, I don't think okay. they're doing all they can. But a lot of the stuff that's actually happening is happening on a federal court level, mm-hmm. like the Supreme Court. Yes. And there's nothing to be done about that until you actually uh, have openings on that court. Are you, are you, get, you vote to get rid of the filibuster, and then you expand the Supreme Court. That's why I always say... Democrats have tried every political strategy except for courage. It takes political courage to do those things. Well, this Thursday, over on Comedy Central, my old hogs, your late night show is back for a second season. New name, Hell of a Week. Hell of a Week. First of all, why that name, Hell of a Week? I mean, look at the times that we're in. I feel like everybody in this room has said that at least... You say that at least once a week, every week. <laughs> you know, I say it's been a hell of a week. Every day feels like a hell of a week these yeah, days. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like, and it sounds more like a, a weekly talk show. I mean, that's technical TV stuff. But, right. You know. So how is this different than uh, the God's honest truth? Because we're still going to get the God's honest truth, aren't Absolutely. we? Absolutely. I feel like I'm leaning into uh, what I think is more of my strength, which is community. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Which is actually sitting around, having conversations with people. And let's be clear, man. You know, trying to do it alone, that's a lot of heavy lifting. I mean, geez. The idea of being on stage alone telling jokes seems impossible. Hey, man. (laughs) We have to take a quick break. When we come back, I will ask Charlemagne about his involvement with a beautiful new museum in Charleston, South Carolina. Stick around.
Rise and shine, football fans. Start your day the right way with Morning Footy, a podcast that covers every aspect of the global game, headlines, match previews, analysis, interviews, culture, fashion, and plenty of banter. Join as we track the thrills and spills of Europe's biggest title races, the business end of the Champions League season, a summer packed with international competitions, MLS, NWSL, and much more. Subscribe to Morning Footy. It's Charlemagne the God, host of Hell of a Week over on Comedy Central. Now, you and I are, bo- you and I are both from South Carolina, and I know you get back there because I just saw Come you... On, make the, some noise for South Carolina. ...at the Denmark... Yeah. I just saw you at the Denmark VC Bicentennial. Now, when you're back there, when I'm back there, there are things that I have to have to eat. I have to have uh, John's peanuts. Island tomatoes. I have to have boiled peanuts. I have to have uh, peaches from upstate, um, figs from my garden. What, are the, what do you have to eat when you're back there? I love boiled peanuts, but really it's fried foods. Like, there's no reason to eat anything fried if it's not from South Carolina. Like, the fish, the shrimp, oh. you know what I mean? Because oh, yeah. it's like my, my father, my father had a, a seafood... Um, a seafood store back in the day, and like my father knows how to fry really good fish. My aunts know how to fry really good fish. My my father-in-law knows how to fry really good fish. So for me, it's fried fish all day. Well, they'll fry anything in South Carolina. They you definitely do. Dip that's it what, in concrete and deep fat. Fry yeah, it. that's where crack came from. That's where crack. Yeah, they, they fried cocaine. <laughs> and it, and it, <laughs> batter, batter, that's all crack. That's, that's is, all, is batter fried. Crack cocaine. is just fried cocaine. Batter fried cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> That's you like original recipe or extra crispy? Extra crispy. I like extra my crack crispy. extra crispy. Yes. Now, you're on the board of the International African American Museum. Yes. Which is opening this February or January. January. Martin Luther King uh, Jr. weekend. Yep. In, in, in 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, for the people out there who don't know about it, t- tell them what this the, uh, the objective of this museum is. Because my wife, Evie, is involved in this museum as well. It's yes. an extraordinary... Uh, not only organization, but an extraordinary location, too. Yeah, man. Salute to Dr. Tanya Matthews. Uh, you know, she's the CEO of the International African American Museum. And she always says that uh, this museum is not going to be a story of the enslaved. It's going to be a story of survival. You know, and that's the stories that she wants to tell. And it's, it's built on Gatson's Wharf. And Gatson's Wharf is where, you know, the number ranges from between uh, 50% and 60%. But that's, they say between 50 and 60% of all enslaved Africans came through uh, Gatson's Wharf. So for and a lot, stood on that spot in chains. That's right. Stood on that spot in chains. So for a lot of black people in America, that's that was our beginnings, you know. And so I cannot wait just to bring people back to Charleston, South Carolina, because you know well as as well as I do. Even though we're from there, when you go back to South Carolina, you feel really connected to something, you know. And you know me being you know black and knowing that so many of my you know ancestors came through. Gatson's Wharf, I really, really, really feel connected there. And you feel it when you're just, you know, walking through that plot of land. So I really can't wait until we get to show people the holy city of, and, South, of and, Charleston, South Carolina. And for me, the, the way that that has to do with the love of Charleston, South Carolina, and South, and South Carolina itself is that you cannot love something unless you look at it in its entirety. That's and you right. have to look at the history of not just South Carolina, but that is in a big way the history of the United States leading up to the Civil War and the time after that, about being able to look at the faults of America and understand how we got where we are right now. That's right. 95% of African Americans, if their families came to the United States as part of the African slave trade, an ancestor stood on that spot in chains. That's right. I mean, and listen, to your point, you, you can't heal what you don't reveal. 
And we're not doing ourselves any favors by not speaking truth to power about all of the things that have happened in this country. And we have to, you know, know where, know where we came from so we don't make those same mistakes and potentially, you know, go back. And that's why I feel like we're at right now. I feel like we're in a place right now where, you know, if we don't learn from our past, man, uh, uh, America's future is not going, not going to be too bright. Well, Cheryl, man, it's always wonderful to have you here. Good Thank to see you. Sir. Good luck on Thursday. Yes, sir. I'll be there. Absolutely. Hell of a week premieres this Thursday at 11.30 on Comedy Central. This has been The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. If you're enjoying The Late Show Poncho, leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert weeknights at 11.35, 10.35 Central on CBS and Paramount+. And for more exclusive Late Show content, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance, avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.